Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm the Bill Arnold part of that sentence. I am so glad that we're going to do uh, continue the great giveaway stories. Susie Larson is here in studio, and uh, what a fantastic hour you had, Susie. I listened to the whole thing. It was spectacular. I didn't have to bribe one person. I know. Here, everyone's on board to tell their stories. <laughs> it's really so yeah. amazing. And, and clearly, the ones telling the stories are the ones that are most filled with the joy. Yeah, that was an amazing observation that you had before the show, because we want to hear stories that, that when you've been a recipient, but we really want to hear, too, when you've um, pushed out and, and engaged. And you're so right, the joy in people going, I did this, I and it's not a bragging. It really is like, I stepped out in faith. To me, it's similar <laughs> to going, I went on a mission trip. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah. You know, it's not a bragging thing. It's like testifying. I got to be a part of a necessary miracle. That's the heart behind the great giveaway. And it motivates the body of Christ. I think this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you, you have a blessing you wanted to share that you hoped to do last hour, but you didn't, so you're going to do it now? Indeed. I wrote Good. this blessing uh, specifically for the great giveaway, and this may this be for you. May you joyfully let your light shine for all men to see. Jesus has entrusted great gifts to you to scatter joy and proclaim his name. Do not underestimate the power of that twinkle in your eye and the smile on your face. Be generous with kindness and compassion. Go out of your way to speak a word of encouragement to someone who crosses your path. Consider your family and faithful friends and tell them how much you love them. Whisper prayers for strangers as they pass you by. Ask God to impart insight into others' needs so you can speak a word in due season or bring a gift at just the right time. And if you're that someone in need of a gift or a lift or a rightly timed word to brighten your day, may God mobilize an army of saints to step in and be there when you need them. God reaches the world through the hands and hearts of his friends. May you experience a Christmas miracle this holiday season. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. And, you know, I heard a listener in the last hour talk, talking about, they heard someone talk about pay it backwards, and that was me. Uh, so I want to clarify my theory. My pay it backwards theory is I go through the line at the coffee shop, I get my drink, and then I say to the person who waited on me, I'm pretty sure the guy behind me is going to pay for it. <laughs> and, and, and I think he's a good tipper. And then I drive away as fast as I can. So it's, totally it, it's kind of messed up. But yeah. <laughs> You're so Sorry. Funny. All right. I think we got uh, Nancy from Fargo. She's going to oh, tell the story. Yes, yeah, she, oh, she held on. Nancy, welcome. Yay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And happy birthday, Susie. Mm, and thank Bill, you. it's always great to he- hear your uh, humor. It's oh, awesome. So, mm-hmm. And my birthday's in April, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this again. Yeah. Um, so when I called in, I said, I don't know if this story really is fits, but. Um, because it was Thanksgiving, but anyway, it is, it is about, um, I guess about kindness. So in our, in our family, um, for Thanksgiving, we usually invite a lot of people over and particularly people that don't have a place to go because they don't have a place to go. And and we think people should, you know, on Thanksgiving. So, but this year with COVID that really wasn't possible. So I was thinking and praying, you know, what can we do Lord? And, and I thought, gosh, why don't we just, we can't have people in. How about if we take food out? Hmm. Let's find those people and just take food out. 
And so I, I said to my daughter, I said, what do you think about this? And my daughter is, she's 23, so she grew up, grew up in this home. She's um, living on her own now. And she said, Mom, I had the same thought. And so uh, we worked together, and, and my husband and our son and his wife and um, a few other people, and we ended up, I don't know how many meals we took out. We had a pie station in the dining room. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, you do the pie, you do the whipped cream, and then in the, in, the dining, in the kitchen, it was the turkey and dressing and green beans. And I think maybe to 20, 25 people, something wow. like that. Um, but I think, I think the two that were the most memorable, so I went in one direction, my husband and son went in another and my daughter and daughter-in-law went in a third direction. Um, and we came back and there's a homeless family that we're well acquainted with. They were living in a, um, in a hotel. And, and so anyway, we just brought a meal over to them. And then a friend of mine who she, um, is employed steadily, but because she had cancer a few years ago, her doctor said she really has to work from home, and, and she's had some other health issues. And I, I asked if I could bring a meal to her, and she was so grateful. And I think the thing is, is that to remember, people just want to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Like they, she was just, she was in tears, like that somebody remembered her. And so it was just our joy, like you said, Bill. It was really our joy to mm-hmm. be able to do this. And and um, so Christmas is coming. I don't know. We're praying. We'll see what happens then. But anyway, I just wanted to share that. And and, um, really, it is just the blessing is really in the giving. It really, truly is. Yeah. This is such an amazing story. And Bill, it reminds me of, you know, you, you, and you get so immersed in the bad news and the, and the projections of worse news. This stuff's going on all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the body of Christ is moving. Nancy, you are an inspiration. I just, and I can hear the joy in your heart of being mobilized, mm-hmm. but it's just to start with an idea and then it grew into something great. And I hear that over and over again. When someone steps up, you know, it's a seed idea and God blows it into this harvest of righteousness. So thank you so much. You know, Nancy, when you had mentioned that you had a pie station, I'm going to definitely need your address. I mean, seriously, you're going to want that handy because the yeah. next time a pie station goes up, you're going to want to know where to go. Yes, exactly. So, thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. You bet. So Have pleased. a Merry Christmas. Thank yes. You. So pleased you called. Wow. So inspire other listeners to call. 877-933-2484. So we want to hear from you. Really, again, generosity and kindness, well, it begets more of the same. So if you're shy about saying, this is what I did, did you hear the tone in Nancy's voice? This isn't about bragging. It really is about testifying. It really is about going on many mission trips because we're always on mission. Can we hear from you? If you've engaged, you stepped out of your comfort zone, or maybe you witnessed somebody else. I loved when Betty called and talked about a woman at her church that inspired her so much, or you've been a recipient. We love to hear from you. 877-933-2484. And I shared this story on, on Carmen's show this morning. I'd forgotten about it, but a lot of you know uh, my backstory with Lyme disease, but as a young mom with three little boys, we had no money. There were times we really had no food in the cupboards and no money to buy groceries. And it was just a desperate time. And I remember Kev was working two and sometimes three jobs. And I just wanted to bring our little boys into the story. Um, Without burdening them, I, I think they were two, four, six, if I can remember right. But I remember just asking them if they would kneel down with me and ask Jesus for food. I didn't burden them saying, 
we won't be able to eat if he doesn't come through for us. But I, so they all kneel, picture these three little toe-headed boys on their knees um, <laughs> mm-hmm. with their That's little so elbows sweet. on the couch mm-hmm. holding their hands. Dear Jesus. And they were praying. Then I put them all in the bathtub. And I know it's crazy to think of three boys in the tub, but it was the only way I could keep track of them when Kev was gone. So it's like you're all having a bath together. The doorbell rang, and I'm like, I, my hands are full, whatever, you know. <clears throat> I forgot about it. It's a couple hours later, Kev comes in the door with a couple arms of groceries. And my instant insides just not, knotted up because I thought, we don't have the money to buy those groceries. You know, what, what did you do? <laughs> Where'd you get that? And he said they were on the front doorstep. And so literally someone had, you know, within minutes of our prayer, someone had rung the doorbell. And I, I know they were they were already in motion, but I think God prompted me to prayer and bring my boys in. Because to see that answer and have our boys go, Jesus did it, you know, <laughs> and we had food for the next week mm-hmm. was an amazing thing. So just don't underestimate those God nudges, as one of our listeners said, step out and do it because you may just change somebody's life. That is so, so true. And what a beautiful story, Susie. I love hearing that. It's just really, really amazing. Um, let us know if you've got a story to tell. We've got some great stories here that have already been, uh, that have already come into the studio, but we, we'd love to hear your, your voices. We've got some calls coming in. We're just not at the point where we can take the calls yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got one here. Uh, this listener says, I have a small business with a small client group, and they are always so generous to me. Today I received a check that caused me to go into ugly cry. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and as I text this, it's still hard to hold back the ugly cry again. This will make sure my kids get the Christmas they want and be sure that my church will receive a bigger offering this year. God is so good, so precious. That's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. oftentimes when you are going to do an act of kindness or it, it may... It may be an interruption in your life. Yeah. It may not be the most convenient thing to do. Mm-hmm. I've got a quick story I can hopefully share. I, I work on Friday nights at a recovery center for people uh, suffering from drugs and alcohol addictions. And usually by the time I hit there on Friday, it's been a long week and I'm tired. And I go and I serve down there at the community. And then as I was leaving one night, I'm walking down the sidewalk to my car. And there's this young kid standing there with his little suitcase. Mm. I don't even know if I can get through this story. Probably can't. It's just so, so sweet. Let's hear it. Well, I said to him, I said, what, where are you headed? And he goes, well, I don't know. Because hmm. I don't have a place to, to go tonight. I said, oh. I said, uh, well, what are you thinking? He said, well, maybe I could go to a homeless shelter. And I said, oh, okay, well, I could drive you to one of those. I know where one is. And I said, uh, when was the last time you ate? He goes, oh, it's been a couple days. Hmm. I said, well, let's, let's go get you some food. And so I took him to... Subway, and I said, and he said, "Well, I'm I'm just off my meds right now, but I don't have money to buy them." I, and I said, "Well, do you have a prescription? Can we go fill them?" So he goes, oh, "I do, but they're kind of expensive." And you know, so we went and got his prescriptions filled, and then he dig into dug into his Subway sandwich and ate half of it about as fast as any twenty year old kid I've ever seen eat. And then he took the other half and put it in his little bag. I go, "Aren't aren't you still hungry?" He goes, "Yeah, but I'm going to need food later." <laughs> and then I'm driving him, and he starts crying. I said, what's the matter? He goes, no one's ever been this nice to me. And he had a 20-year-old kid with this drug addiction, and we were able to contact a relative that lived about 40 minutes away, and I drove him to that community that night. I don't think I got home till about quarter to 10. Wow. But it was so much joy in my wow. heart. Wow, An incredible amount of joy. And it was one of those things where I'm going to say, this kid needs my help. And I didn't anticipate doing everything I did, but it was just 
it moves me to tears mm-hmm. when I think about yeah. it. Yeah, because that is what Jesus would have done. That is what Jesus would have mm-hmm. done. In his tired body, that is what he would have done. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so powerful. Yeah. And we, Sorry, we really, I'm such a pushover, oh, too. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm more of a sap than you are. But I just think if, if we'd be willing to enter into the adventure of generosity in this way, where we're noticing. I loved a number of our listeners said, when you start to notice, when you start to become a noticer, yeah. you start to be a participant of of these really adventures that God invites you on. And it's it's a powerful way to live. And one listener said, it's Christmas all year long. So maybe we should do this in April again on your birthday. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll take a little break. When we come back, we've got some call callers that are waiting to come on the program. Looking forward to Al in Coon Rapids. You're up next. <laughs> All right, I'm back with Susie Larson. We're still on the great giveaway, hearing some great stories. We've got a caller, Al's, calling from Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Al, welcome to the program. Yeah. So glad you called. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Hi, Susie and Bill. Al Hawkinson, I know your voice. (laughs) How about that? Good to hear (laughs) you, sir. Yeah, you too, Susie. And I don't know if Kevin is still sitting there or not, but saying hi to him, too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I wanted to call in. Uh, about my wife, Julie, and she's a, a Christmas birthday girl, too, it's in a few days. So mm-hmm. and anyway, what Julie has done many times, and uh, just last week, uh, we needed some tech support, you know, on a tech line for the computer at home. And, you know, you get somebody that's, who knows, you know, from halfway around the world trying to help you, and they sometimes have trouble speaking English real well. But anyway, there was a guy, John, helping us, and he spent quite a bit of time, and he got it done. And then Julie will say, you know, you did a good job, uh, John. Can I speak to your supervisor? Hmm. I'd like to tell him you did a good job. And, he, you know, they're surprised, and, and he said, uh, they'll call you back in 10 minutes. Hmm. <laughs> so they did, and Julie talked to this man's supervisor and Julie said, you know, she was giddy. They don't really get calls like that with people, you know, uh, wanting to thank them for that. So, and she does it, you know, at the lumber yard. She does it many places. So, I would uh, say Julie's one of the most godly women I know. And Bill, I got to tell you about their son, Caleb. He's Down syndrome. And Kevin and I were volunteer youth pastors for a few years, and Caleb was in our youth group. And Nobody worshipped like Caleb. I mean, he mm. arms in the air. You know, he always came in his little suit with his Bible, and Caleb would he would come up to Kev once in a while and say, "I have a word from the Lord for you." And he would, and he'd been praying, and he would tell Kevin things like, you know, like I, I don't know if you're going through a hard time right now, but God's going to be with you, and He's going to get you through. And, <laughs> so uh, sweet. Kev came to count and rely on words from Caleb. He was just an angel in our lives, and you've raised an amazing young man there. Yeah, I picked him up this morning, and I was listening to you yesterday, and knew that Kevin was coming on, so I told. He was. He's at BGU, uh, Beth, Bethany Global University down in Bloomington now. So uh, anyway, that's been a good mm-hmm. experience. And I, I told him I was going to, should I call in and, and say hi to Kevin and Susie for you, Caleb? And he, he said, yeah, to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, wow. so anyway. We love you yeah, guys. Thank, yeah, you too, Susie. So yeah. yeah. Thank you, Al. So, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, okay. sorry you missed Kevin, too. He just stepped out to get Susie's steak and lobster dinner. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not exactly, but sort of. All right. Is he late on the birthday present? Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. God <laughs> bless you, Al. Thank you. Yeah, you too, Susie. Bye. Yeah, Susie, when I was thinking about today, um, I got a call yesterday from a listener and she said, right now we are recovering from COVID after finding finding out that our son has brain cancer. Mm. And we thought he was cancer-free after two years. Wow. Um, now he won't speak to us because he thinks we aren't sensitive enough to him. And the family is dividing over all kinds of issues. Oh. It's a very hard and desperate time. Um, so all of a sudden then I start getting other text messages from uh, this lovely listener, Kathy, in Warsaw, Indiana, that said, please Give this listener, this woman, my address. I, I, I make encouraging cards, but I want to send her some. Then another listener said, I will pray for this mother's heart. I understand. I haven't worked for nine months because I've been very sick and just had surgery to remove a tumor. I simply just want my family reconciled. I look to Christ for his promises, but I understand they may not be filled till heaven. Tough season all around, mm. as our family has been on edge for many reasons. So... Here's a, a person that says, I'm not in great shape, but I want to pray. I want to step out in faith and help other people. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. And I know when you and I are on the air together doing share, um, our fundraisers, we're always in 877-933-2484. Sorry yes. about that. That's I was going right. to say. But just the the, the way that our <laughs> listeners are mm-hmm. when it comes to share, we're always in awe. We're always we crying are. behind the scenes. But to me, this is the same way. This is the same thing. Because you see these private stories, these nuanced stories of people stepping up for each other. And I think one of the most amazing things about our live shows is that community that forms through the text Someone tells a story, the other's like, I'm going to be there for them. I want to, I know. you know, it's just... I, I, you have listeners ministering to other That's listeners. Right. Amazing. And I mean, where else does that happen? Right. And yeah. and these are dear godly people that say, I'm going to pray for this, this, this person. And yeah. I want, I want to reach out and do something kind for them too. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. It mm. is fantastic. Um, here's a quote. I don't know who this author is, but it's, his name is Bob Carey. He said, unexpected kindness is the most powerful least costly and most underrated agent of human change. Mm. And I think the stories we've heard today are mm-hmm. every bit that. Yep. They're agents of human change. You see yeah. a significant difference. It's a, almost a pivot point for people. Yeah. You know, I got there's a gal that I've been mentoring for over a decade and uh, she has two biological kids, one adopted uh, from Guatemala. And I think she had multiple miscarriages. So then she uh, went through the adoption process. And I think she had two failed adoptions and uh, which so she was I think they had the baby in their home. And then something happened and it failed. So she was so devastated. She's like, I have a heart for children. And this, you know, I have miscarried, these failed adoptions. What am I supposed to do? And the Lord whispered to her, I'm not so interested in bringing a baby to you, but I'm bring, I want to bring you to families. And she wasn't sure what that meant. But then they became foster parents. And so she took on three, a sibling set of three. And she went into the social office, county office, and saw what a mess it was. And so she said, if I got some people here to paint some walls, would that be okay? And they're like, sure. So she did a little Facebook drive. She ended up with hundreds of diapers, all new furniture, all new oh, toys. Wow. She revamped that whole thing. Well, long story short, it turned into a national ministry called the Forgotten Initiative. She's got branches. She's got full-time employees. Now, she's this young 30-something, and has, this ministry has been has blown up. So she mobilizes churches for their foster community. She's got groups that will just take the foster kids so the foster parents can have a date night. She's got other groups who pack journey bags so when kids are transitioned out of the 
their home. They've got toys and some toiletries. It's so organized, you can't believe. And it started with her walking into a county office going, could I get a few people to come and paint? But I'm just saying there's something explosive when you're just willing to go, I don't know where this might lead, like the pie lady. I, I think I need to make a pie for someone. Yeah. And look what happened. I just think, and, and Bill, I've just believed, the reason I wanted so much to do this this year is because people are hurting from this year. And if we can be in tune and be mobilized to help people, not just at Christmas time, but going forward, going, people are hurting. If they're crabby, they're just, they probably have had all kinds of bad news. What can I do for them? And uh, and then we would have some more stories to tell. We're on mission right now, right here, right no, now. No, I couldn't agree more, yeah. Susie. This is uh, probably the most uh, desperate time of the year for so many yeah. because there's uh, so much isolation and it's just so uh, tragically sad that even when you go out in public even if it's just a grocery shop you don't even have people smiling at you anymore because mm-hmm. everyone's masked up yeah and sometimes you just need a, a smile or mm-hmm. or a kind look yeah which you're not getting that much anymore because mm-hmm. we're all so busy hurrying around yeah avoiding it's, each other that's right, right. Keeping we're afraid a distance. of each other i know i'm telling you I feel like the enemy's had a heyday between isolation and fear. And I'm just thinking there's some way we can bridge this divide. We can respect people's boundaries, but still be noticed and, and not just take the convenient way to ignore and isolate as well. Yeah. Know? So is there like a, was there a, a, a gift giveaway? Did you have a drawing yes. for some of the Oh, oh my the goodness. Gifts? We have to draw. I need to, oh my goodness. I might need yeah, to jump was... out of the studio. So we've got two big gift baskets. There's a Christmas mug and hot cocoa and uh, candies, a tin of candies, Christmas socks, candle ornament, and then some books. So it's just kind of a fun Fun festive. We got two of those. So we're going to draw names and we're supposed to announce those on your show. So I wonder if I should step out real quick and get those names. Yeah, why don't you? And okay. I'll fuss over Kim because Kim gave me a little gift, which was so unexpected. And one of those little, little acts of kindness. Yeah. I see this beautiful little mug outside my office door. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, the, the, and all of a sudden there's a candy cane in it and it's a little cocoa. And, you yeah. know, it's just lovely. So yeah. thank you, Kim. See, those I'll little thank things make a Merry Christmas. You're very yeah. welcome. That is yeah. so nice. See, nice. I, people will minimize those kinds of things, but they all matter very much, those little steps, you know. All righty, so I'm going to step out. you got a couple minutes, right? Well, and does I'm... that mean you're going to come back and announce the winners? Yes, I'll be back. So do you have the names out in the other room, or what are you going to do? That's a good question. <laughs> this is awkward. I've, um... I mean, you're Susie Larson. Wouldn't you have a staff that would come in and bring you these... <laughs> These results? <laughs> We've got, let me just, you keep talking. I'm going to text Carissa. This is live radio. Yeah, right? well, no, okay? well, I'm happy to keep talking. Okay, I, I've right. got a, a great uh, uh, next half hour coming up with Dr. Greg Heddington. We're going to continue our study on the book of John. Uh, you know, Susie, I think Carissa's trying to get your attention. I okay. think she's got the names. All right. Yeah, so this will be exciting. And I think she's texted it to you. So here's the big drum roll. We've got two winners that are going to be getting these awesome gift baskets okay because they participated in the great giveaway storytelling is that right that's right here we go let's hear it kimberly w from wilmington north carolina sylvia from saint paul minnesota kimberly w from wilmington north carolina and sylvia from saint paul minnesota congratulations you're the recipients of our great giveaway gift baskets that is so nice Susie. thank you so much for uh continuing the great giveaway uh with this time with me and happy birthday. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of the day. And, um, you know, it's always great to see, see you and be on the air with you. Love and appreciate you so yeah, much. Thanks so no, much. Thank you. Yep. All right. We're going to take a little break and then we come back again. Dr. Greg Heddington will continue our study in the book of John. I think we're in John chapter one. We're going to tackle, I think, about 10 verses today. So get out your pens, get out your Bibles, get out your notebooks. It's all coming up next.
Welcome back to the show. So glad to be welcoming back my friend, Dr. Greg Heddington. I could give you all of his cool credentials, but because it's Friday, I like to just call it Friday with friends, and uh, we can get started uh, with our study of John, which we've been at now for a couple of weeks. Greg, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bill. That's my favorite little uh, intro, the Bill Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for not singing it. All right. Uh, (laughs) We're going to look at John chapter 1, starting in verse 9 today, which I'm excited because it starts with the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world pretty timely with Christmas. Yes. And Bill, it is the Christmas season. And during this time of Advent leading up to Christmas, we as followers of Christ believe in the miraculous coming to the earth of God in human flesh. And uh, we hear those words, God in human flesh, and sometimes you don't really ponder the marvelous implications of it. So we're going to look at it uh, in this third lesson in our study of the Gospel of John. If anyone's not heard the first two lessons in John, it's fine, because this lesson can stand alone. If you're taking notes, the title for this lesson is Emmanuel, and the central idea is Jesus came to earth to make it possible to know God. Jesus came to earth to make it possible to know God. And we'll be considering John chapter 1, verses 9 to 18. So here's a question. Do you think today's world is essentially different from what it was like 2,000 years ago? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Apart from having better technology and many more people, human nature remains the same. We basically have the same desires and motivations, and we're still born as sinful people who need a Savior. But one day, 2,000 years ago, it happened. So, Bill, are we ready? I'm all set, yeah. So if you're taking notes, Roman number one, God arrived. Verse 14 of John chapter 1 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, we've seen in an earlier lesson that the Greek word for word is logos, which means the purpose or reason for existence in the Greek language. But the Apostle John does this amazing thing. He redefines logos to mean a person, and his name is Jesus. I mean, he completely recoins a new word. So the people who live in spiritual darkness now have the opportunity to experience purpose and reason for existence because God had arrived in human form, in human flesh, the God-man, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, the title for this lesson is Emmanuel, and since we know the Christmas carol with the words, O come, O come, Emmanuel, let's look at that word. It's a Hebrew word, which literally means God with us. Now, here's a very brief lesson in the Hebrew language, so if anyone ever wants to know if you understand Hebrew, you can say at least, well, a little bit. So in Hebrew, the three essential words for God are, first, El, El, which is the singular word for God, Elohim, which expresses the fullness of divine power, and Jehovah, or more correctly, Yahweh, which declares God's divine self-existence, as in the term He who is. So these terms are sometimes combined throughout Scripture to bring out certain attributes of our triune God. For example, uh, some of us remember the attributes of God from a song we heard years ago from Amy Grant called El Shaddai, which in Hebrew means God Almighty. There's also the town of Bethel, which is house of God, and so on. 
so the name Emmanuel comes from Isaiah 7, verse 14, and is mentioned again regarding Jesus in Matthew 1, 23. Since Hebrew is pronounced and read from right to left, which is a little scary when you Actually, I took one class, and that, <laughs> that took me about two weeks to figure out my right from my left. The L, the E-L, is spoken first, and therefore, God with us, Emmanuel. So you start from right to left. And that's the Hebrew grammar part of the lesson, Bill. We will go no further than that. Thank you. But uh, just good to know about that. Roman numeral two, if you're taking notes, the true light In verse 9, John uses a different term for Jesus and calls him the true light. John says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John had earlier contrasted how the world's darkness had not been able to overcome Jesus for, quote, in him was life, and the light was the light of men. There's a lot to be said about how light is stronger than darkness. We have expressions like, don't curse the darkness, light a candle, And here is a quotation for a great man on this subject. Now, here's what he said. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not because I see the sun, but because by it, I see everything else. Ooh, Clive Staples Lewis. Uh, Yes, absolutely. And in other words, we can't look directly at the sun for more than a few seconds or we'll go blind. Mm-hmm. But because the sun shines, it lights up the world. In a similar way, we can't directly look and see Jesus, but because we know Jesus, we have the light of truth and know that God has a purpose for our lives to, number one, know him, number two, to have the grace to receive forgiveness for our sins, and number three, to have the promise of eternal life, and then we're able to make him known to others. And as you said, that quotation was from C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, <clears throat> early in this gospel, before we start reading more about the things that Jesus did in his ministry over the next 21 chapters, I want to look at one of the most profound, thrilling, and perplexing principles of our faith in Jesus that we don't think about too often. But I want us to have a little more understanding of it, especially at Christmas time. And it's the fact of Jesus being all God and all man. So if you happen to be at a social gathering sometimes, someone were to say, by the way, how is it that Jesus was all God and all man? Or if you find the idea perplexing, here's some thoughts about one of our most basic and important beliefs. I know we take that by faith, but let's look at it. Perhaps our faith will be even deep and more so. So Roman numeral three, the God-man. Jesus called himself by several titles. One was the Son of God, although his favorite was Son of Man. And I think that's perhaps because he, it was a way to refer to himself as human, which might have also allied the, some of the fears of the Roman authorities that had about him. But the question is, how is it possible to be both fully God and fully man? Now, I assume we have all thought about it, even though to our finite minds it's incomprehensible. It's improbable. Now, the fact that it's improbable reminds me of a particular crime novelist. Do you ever watch shows on television where the detectives are able to solve the crime and nab the criminal? Those are some of my favorites. And for me, it began years ago when I watched the weekly program called Columbo, in which the audience knows in the first few minutes who commits the crime. And then for the rest of the show, Columbo must figure it out. 
Now, detective stories became quite popular in the 19th century through the novels and short stories of one Sir Conan Doyle and his favorite crime solver, Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. In one of the novels, Sherlock Holmes makes this comment to his right-hand man, whose name is Watson. Holmes says, Watson, it is an old maxim of mine that when you have excluded the proposition that something is impossible, then whatever remains, no matter how improbable, it must be true, unquote. Now, does this apply to our subject of how Jesus could be fully man and fully God, that no matter how improbable, that it must be true? I think so. It's interesting to note the early church did not believe that Jesus was divine because he rose from the dead. The early church believed Jesus was divine because his resurrection confirmed the claims Jesus had already made that he would be resurrected. In other words, Jesus kept his word. His verbal claims always proved to be true through his actions. The resurrection was the utterly unexpected but overwhelming confirmation that Jesus was, in fact, God, just as he had claimed. So that brings up a few other questions, like, okay, if God has unlimited power and knowledge, then how does that work? More specifically, did the young Jesus ever get the wrong answer in school? I've wondered that, Bill. Have you wondered that? I, I, I thought about that many times, yeah. Yeah, or did Jesus ever get frustrated trying to learn another language? Mm-hmm. And what about his memory? Did he ever, did he ever forget someone's name? <laughs> well, these are just a few of many difficult questions one might have, and there's no way we can fully understand how it all works because we're not God. By the way, the Greeks and Romans never had to struggle with this dilemma in their mythologies because although some of their mortal heroes had godlike abilities, the Greek and Romans believed their heroes could be part god and part human, but never believed any of their heroes to be fully god and fully human at the same time. And, of course, the idea of believing in just one god was simply foolish to them. Now, the problem is many people assume that incomprehensibility, well, now there's one of my rare eight-syllable words. Some people assume that incomprehensibility means it's impossible. I again refer us to the Sherlock Holmes conclusion as he said, quote, when you have excluded the proposition that something is impossible, then whatever remains, no matter how improbable, it must be the truth. And then, as Holmes would say, elementary, dear Watson, elementary. So, okay, other than a quotation from a fictitious detective in a novel, here are three questions and suggestions from Scripture that may help us better understand the fully God, fully man issue regarding Jesus. And this is going to take us to Roman numeral four. Awesome. I, I think we should maybe take a break. Does that sound about right? Sounds good. I think, uh, yeah, because I think Roman numeral four is going to have a lot in it, and I don't want to interrupt you. So let's take a brief pause. Dr. Greg Headington is my guest. We're talking about the book of John. We're in chapter one, verses nine through 18. So if you uh, have your Bible out, let's make sure we're turned to John one, nine to 18. Grab a notebook and a, and a uh, pen, and we'll be right back.
All right, we are back with Dr. Greg Heddington and talking about John chapter 1. We're in verse uh, 9 through 18. All right, we're at Roman numeral number 4, if you're taking notes, and I'm a note taker. So let's uh, resume, Greg. All right, Roman numeral number 4. Three questions and suggestions from Scripture that may help us better understand the fully God, fully man issue regarding Jesus. First, was Jesus all-powerful when he was on earth? So the emphasis here is on his power. We certainly see in Scripture the extraordinary power and authority Jesus exerted. Yet, for Jesus to be truly human, he could not always be all-powerful or devoid of human emotion. Philippians 2, verse 7 alludes to the fact that Jesus was human and had all the privileges that were rightly his as Lord of the universe, but gave them up. Jesus gave them up to become a Jewish baby who would one day die on the cross for all people because of his love for us. So he became human while not giving up any part of his deity. We know Jesus got tired, hungry, thirsty, he sweat, felt pain, had emotions as a human. After all, here's a little pop quiz. What is the shortest verse in Scripture? John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Jesus wept, exactly. He had emotion. We know he got mad. We know he got angry through the money changers out. We know he wept over Jerusalem. And it's always good to be able to recite perfectly at least one verse in the Bible if ever called upon to do <laughs> Thank it. Thank you so, so much. Bill, you passed the test. Thank you. So that verse uh, we will see later in John eleven thirty five, as Bill says. So although Jesus had access to God's power, there were many times when Jesus chose to not exercise his godly powers, like when people asked him to demonstrate them for his own amusement. In Luke 23, verse 8, in one of Jesus' last days on earth, we see that King Herod had heard about what Jesus could do, and when he meets him, he hopes Jesus will perform some miracles for his own entertainment. And you might recall, if you saw the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, that the character of King Herod wants Jesus to put on a show for him, and he cleverly sings, Show to me that you're divine. Change this water into wine. And then Herod sings, Show to me that you're no fool. Walk across my swimming pool. Well, how does Jesus answer? We know from Scripture he doesn't even dignify Herod's request to perform magic and refuses to even speak to Herod. That's from the Gospel of Luke 23, verse 8. What Jesus demonstrates throughout his ministry is that he would only use his godly power when he knew that his heavenly Father wanted him to use it for purpose, the purpose that fit into the bigger plan. Therefore, throughout his life, Jesus is voluntarily obedient to the will of the Father for the ultimate purpose of his life, to sacrifice himself for our sin. And that did restrict what he did. So that's the first question about power. Now, the second question and suggestion that may help us understand from Scripture the fully God and fully man issue is this question. Was Jesus all-knowing when he was on the earth? So the emphasis is on knowing. The principle which we just looked at of Jesus voluntarily being obedient to the Father certainly applies to the issue of how much Jesus knew. Jesus was aware of many things that ordinary people cannot know, primarily because he spent so much time talking to his father every day to find out what he needed to understand for the next step of the journey. Yet, Scripture tells us that there were some things that Jesus did not know, like when will the end of all things happen? Jesus says in Mark thirteen thirty-two that only the father knows that. Or how about when a demonic spirit keeps throwing a man's son into the fire, and Jesus asks the father, how long has this been happening to your son? That's Mark nine twenty one. 
At other times, Jesus asked the apostles, what were you discussing? Like in Luke twenty four seventeen, Jesus is asking those questions not to be coy, not to have other people look deep within themselves for the answer. No, Jesus asks questions when he doesn't know the answer. I believe the answer to both of these first two questions, which are, was Jesus all-knowing, was he all-powerful, and all-human at the same time on earth? The answer is undoubtedly yes. Can I add one more in there, Greg? You bet. Um, When the woman with the issue of blood, and he said, who touched me? Who just touched me? There we go. And your listeners can come up with other questions, and that's an excellent one. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then Luke 2.52, I think, helps us. It was said about Jesus when he was a boy, which was, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, Jesus as a human was growing and maturing and continuing to listen to the voice of his Father in order to continue to do the Father's will. Now, here's the third question suggestion that may help us better understand the fully God, fully man issue regarding Jesus. Hebrews 4.15 makes this remarkable statement, quote, Jesus was tempted in every way as we are, yet he did not sin, end of quote. So the third question is, could Jesus have sinned? To be fully human, Jesus had to be capable of sinning in order to understand the temptations we all go through. However, it was God the Father's purpose that Jesus had to be the perfect, sinless, sacrificed, just as the Jews in the Old Testament could only sacrifice an unblemished land for forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus had to be sinless in order to forgive sin. And that is an apparent contradiction, and there are other apparent contradictions in Scripture, like law and grace. How do those work together? So how do we reconcile or understand these apparent contradictions? And remember that we are focusing on one of the most significant truths, which is how Jesus could be 100% human and 100% God. There is a word in English language, which I'm glad it's in English, I think it's helpful in explaining this dilemma, and it's the word, this is Roman numeral 5, antinomy, A-N-T-I-N-O-M-Y, antinomy. You can look it up in the dictionary. Here's what it means. Two truths, apparently contradictory, and yet both true. Hmm. Now, in our rational thinking, we'd like to know the answers to who, what, when, where, and especially how questions about Jesus. But the New Testament writers do not even try to answer how Jesus could be both fully God and fully man, which is the things that drive us crazy. And that was just not what they were intended to do or even interested in doing, even though I've taken time to try to explain the unexplainable ways of God to our rational minds today. After all, God says in Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways. Now, what the New Testament writers tell us is Jesus came to earth to make it possible to know God. And again, that is our central idea for this lesson. And that is what is most important for us to know in life. So let me just sum up most of what I've just said. I've been saying in this lesson in two sentences right here. Here it is. Yes, I believe, according to Scripture, that what Jesus says, that he always did the will of the Father. And yes, he was fully God, and because he was also fully human, I think it was always difficult for him. Like we said, he had the emotions. 
of a person because he was fully human as well. Now, in conclusion, and we've got may have a little time afterwards or something special. We've looked at some profound theology today, which is not easy to academically understand, yet it is received by believers through faith. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it all comes down to faith, and faith is a gift from God. And I want to end this this part of the lesson with the words of a song, which sum up how I think we can consider these things. It's called, I Am Not Skilled. And here's the words. I am not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. I only know at his right hand stands one who is my Savior. I take him at his word indeed. Christ died for sinners. This I read. And in my heart, I find a need for him to be my Savior. That he should leave his place on high and come for sinful man to die. You count it strange? So once did I before I knew my Savior. And was there then no other way for God to take? I cannot say. I only trust him day by day, the one who is my Savior. So, Bill, that is what I have to say about that uh, theological issue of the fully God, fully man. That is a tremendous uh, teaching, Greg, and I I love this, and I've got a lot of notes. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again. Thank you for delivering it with... uh, such excellence. Now, Thanks. I think we got a little bit of bonus time. Do you have an astronomy lesson for us tonight? Yeah, I've got a couple of things here, Bill. Let me give you something here. There was a man named Victor Frankel. He was a Jewish man who mm-hmm. chronicled his horrific experiences when he was in a prison, was a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp for three years during World War II. After the war, he wrote a book entitled Man's Search for Meaning, which is still considered to be one of the most influential books in American history. From his harrowing experience of watching hundreds of fellow prisoners give up on living and quickly die for no apparent reason, he later developed a psychological theory called logotherapy, and he became professor of neurology in Austria. Now, we know the original meaning of the word logos in Greek, which means purpose or reason. So what do you think his theory is predicated on? His theory is that every person in every situation, no matter how horrendous their conditions, every person must have some kind of purpose, meaning, reason for living, or, as we've seen sadly today, they just give up. And again, today we've seen people committing suicide for just giving up because of the pandemic. They've lost hope. Mm-hmm. Now, now Frankel gives a story of one encounter in the prison camp at the end of another miserable day, as he's lying in his barracks with all the men around him, coughing, shivering, broken down from endless work and countless physical beatings by the guards. And as he looks out the door of the barracks, through the darkness on the horizon, a light is lit in a distant farm home. That light, for some reason, gives Frankel the sense that there is hope outside of his present condition, apart from his suffering. And the words which come to his mind are, the light shines in the darkness. Now, what kept some of these men from despair, from giving up? It was the hope that there was purpose in life. And thank the Lord that our Creator has provided all people with the opportunity to find the purpose for having been created, and that is to know the true light, Jesus, and to follow Him. That's fantastic. Greg, thank you so much for uh, taking time today to be on the show. It's really been a delight. 
My pleasure. And I mean that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great uh, rest of the evening and have a wonderful weekend and a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Bill. Thanks so much. Dr. Greg Heddington has been my guest. And that wraps up our show for the week. I want to thank everyone who participated in the great giveaway uh, today on Susie's show. And then uh, a little bit of uh, time with me this afternoon. It's been really lovely to hear incredible stories of uh, generosity and kindness. Um, You are agents of change. You are making a difference in the world. Thank you for uh, supporting Faith Radio. Thank you for caring about us. We love you. We we pray for you. And uh, we just uh, love being on. I love being on air with you every day. So thank you for uh, that and being my friend in the afternoon. I just love it. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And I will see you next week, Monday. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.